Welcome to Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge with your host, Carol McClelland-Fields. Within each show, Carol and her guests explore topics that give coaches, healers, and other change catalysts new concepts, tools, and insights that open up opportunities to flourish personally, professionally, and financially. And now, your host, Carol McClelland Fields. Hello and welcome. I'm Carol McClelland, your host. In this episode of Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge, my guest Bobby Middendorf and I will continue a conversation we started in the previous show entitled Evolving Your New Work. In that show, we ended up having a very long conversation and we were able to pull out one full section that was 30 minutes long and that became the seed of this show. We will be introducing you to a concept of trailblazers, evolutionaries, and visionaries which are really people who are at the growing edge of their field. It's like a continuum. There are change catalysts who are at the growing edge of their work and then the growing edge of their field, and it moves out into a more and more expansive way to look at one's work. In this conversation, we are going to play that segment of that show in which we talk about the definitions and distinctions of these three groups and how they're a continuum. And we also describe our own experiences as trailblazers and evolutionaries. We talk about some of the challenges that we've faced, and we didn't really know why we were challenged. It's only in retrospect that we're seeing that, oh, this is why it was really hard for us to use the quote unquote, build your business approach to creating our new businesses. And part of it was we weren't ready. Part of it was we were still forming our ideas. And so it wasn't possible for us to implement the strategies we were learning in various classes we took together or separately. But there was another reason we struggled, and that has to do with the fact that both Bobby and I are creating work that's at the growing edge of our world, of our work, of our fields. Our work is beyond what people normally think about when they think of creating a business or expanding what they do. So we're evolving with a few additional challenges, but Bobby and I have also worked together in ways that have strengthened our journey. That's what we talked about in the last show, Evolving Your New Work. And it's also something that will come into this show where we're sharing some of the gifts that we've discovered along the way. After this segment, we're going to talk about the trailblazer's journey and how as we are evolving our work, we are really on a journey, both a personal journey and the journey of our idea and the journey of our business. So enjoy the first segment and then we will pop back in with the next conversation. Sometimes change catalysts are evolutionaries and trailblazers. Trailblazers are doing something that no one else is doing. Those who are bringing something brand new into the world. They're stepping beyond the norm. They're beyond what is currently available in our world. And they're at the growing edge of their field, their work. 
they are typically stepping out to that edge because they see a need, because they see changes that are happening in our world that are calling them to bring forth their skills, their talents, their experience. That's the trailblazer side. Do you want to describe the evolutionary piece of this? Well, evolutionaries and visionaries are the ones who, like trailblazers, see that something new is needed. I guess I would just make the distinction. A trailblazer may be more tuned in to the more traditional business model. They're perhaps more comfortable in established situations. Again, this is from my perspective. The trailblazers are exploring the edges. The evolutionaries are dancing over the chasm. They're beyond the edge. These are people who are willing to go full out, playing with what's possible, with the idea of experimenting, with really tuning into deep, deep levels of self-trust and trusting the process and trusting life. Ultimately, these people are in very, very similar energies. Uh, There really is a new world that we are, as change catalysts, as trailblazers and evolutionaries, are being called to co-create. As Gandhi says, be the change you wish Mm -hmm. to see in the world. And for those of us taking that to heart, we're doing it each in our own unique way. I just got a flash on a word that evolutionaries are almost on a different octave. Same kind of energy, but just on a different octave. They're playing at a different level. I think the trailblazers are taking something that is part of their life and moving it in new directions. Whereas evolutionaries, to me, are people who are tapping into more of the spiritual, planetary, cosmic levels and really shifting even their understanding of how the world works. There are ways that our world exists that most people don't think about, don't even entertain, and yet the evolutionaries are living in that space. That is so, (laughs) so good. And that is just a brilliant example of your ability to listen from within and synthesize and bring words to things, Carol. It's simply astounding and a great joy to play (laughs) in your playground. For you listeners, we have never had that conversation before. That is the first time we have talked about that. So you saw us in action. (laughs) Let's move now into talking a little bit about our own experience as trailblazers and evolutionaries, just our history and also some of the discoveries that we've made. Great. I'm going to preface mine by saying you'll hear the difference between me and Carol as she tells her story, because hers is very organized and it is beautifully incremental how she's grown her trailblazing energies across this arc of time. And mine is more, I'll call it scruffy. In process. Sometimes in process, wild and woolly, as a trailblazer or evolutionary or visionary. For as long as I remember, this feminine was rising. And when I was in a Catholic high school, there was a presentation we were supposed to do about what is God. 
I was convinced that God was a woman and I brought Helen Reddy's album, I Am Woman, to play as part of my presentation about what is God. I really honor that younger me and her courage in sharing that what would be a rather non-traditional approach to religion class in high school. On a more traditional note, it always felt natural to me to co-create results. And again, starting in high school, I really felt like my mission was to unleash others when I was in a so-called leadership role. And in corporate publishing, I did the same thing. It really was about a team effort, although I was not a team sports kind of person. But it was always about co-creating. It was about caring about the people, offering a very steady level of basic kindness and consideration, taking a deep listening stance, being relational in those kind of situations. I feel that these are real fundamental principles of this yin arising approach Maybe they're evolutionary or revolutionary, but it seems to me these are simply part of the process of being a fully engaged human being. It feels like we've been missing that for a while. Maybe it's not new. Maybe it's really, really old. And maybe that's the simplified version of what's at the heart of yin arising that is so missing unapologetically showing up as my evolving self has been long in the making. In 2012, I was part of a team where we collectively concluded that starting our meetings with a centering or grounding process was a best practice. And ever since then, I have been very consistent in offering that as a way to start a a meeting or a get-together or a conversation or a team conference call. When people on the other end say, I don't need that, I'm already centered, I honor them, I bless them, maybe they don't need it, but they're probably not my people if they don't want to partake of what I have been coming to learn is one of my superpowers. And so that is the unrepentant and unapologetic evolving self who has been there all the time and who is being revealed more and more, in part because I'm in safe containers and spaces where I can practice, as with this container that Carol and I have been exploring for the last five years. Yes, thank you. My journey as a trailblazer started I was a pretty traditional kid. (laughs) So it wasn't when I was in school. But after I left school, my father passed away as I finished my PhD. And I spent five years in the corporate world and got very ill with a fatigue issue and really had to find a different way to live. If I wanted to live, I needed to find a different way. So I started my own business. I started it helping people navigate significant transitions. I remember being at Chamber of Commerce meetings, women in business meetings, where we'd introduce ourselves and I would say what I did. And they would inevitably ask me if I helped women going through menopause, I was 31 at the time, or if I helped people who were dying. 
And they had no notion that we all navigate transitions every day, every week, every year. I was doing this work before coaching was seen as a profession. I felt the need because I had been through the huge transition with my father's passing and my own illness and several other family transitions. And I became, I would say, obsessed (laughs) with understanding transitions. Very early on, I turned to nature as my guide. I created my Seasons of Change model. And while I was writing that book, I did some dictionary work around the word transition and change, trying to understand how those worked. And in the mid-90s, I will tell you that transition was a noun, but there was no verb to transition. There was nothing that gave us guidance in our language about how to transition, how to actually go through that process. When there are no words for what you do in the current language, that tells you you are a trailblazer. And we'll talk more about that in a bit. Another part of my career was working with green careers, helping people find ways to use their talents and expertise to help the planet and make us more sustainable, regenerative, resilient. When I first started that work in 2007, soon after the Inconvenient Truth movie was out, There were literally four of us in the whole country who were focused on green careers. We collaborated, we supported each other, we talked to each other to understand this new world, how it was framing up, what it was doing. That's just a few examples. I had one client once who told me I was um, subversive (laughs) uh, in the way that I help people with careers, which is pretty funny because I came from such a stable state traditional way of growing up, but I had in me this this feeling that life could be better, that we didn't need to stay in places that didn't work for us. My current work, Change Catalyst at the Growing Edge, is definitely at the growing edges of our profession, of our work, and our personal journey to figure out how do we help others and help ourselves navigate our times. I do not see the rate or the intensity of change calming down anytime soon. I feel like we're at the growing edge of our profession and we could stay just where we are and help people that we can help. But I sincerely believe that it is our role at this time to stand up and see beyond the current picture of what transition coaching is or therapy is or social work is and to see what else we could be helping our clients with. One of the things that I've noticed through my whole career of being a trailblazer is that there are challenges <laughs> to, <laughs> to taking work that no one knows about and turning that into a business, turning that into something that we offer as a gift, as our service, and to get paid for that. It's not impossible. But it does take some inner strength to go through that process. One of the challenges is the languaging. I know when we were first starting to talk that you and I both had problems naming, putting into words what it was that we do. And it was frustrating because how do you start a business? How do you create a program when you can't even describe to yourself what it is you're doing? So that's the first challenge that we ran into. And once you start getting a language, 
then somehow you have to translate that language to help other people understand it. And I think, Bobby, that's some of what you're wrestling with right now with the inner rising is you're using a term that's not that well known. So you have to start with experiences and explanations and examples and themes to get people inside of that concept with you so that then you can do your work. I was thrilled to come up with the change catalyst word, and it's still a new word, but at least it's a concise word. It's not a laundry list of these are the professions of those I work with. So language matters. Bobby, did you want to add something? Yeah, this defining and naming is so, so challenging. What do you call it? How do you keep showing up for yourself in this space of not having the words. One of the things I want to do here is just to offer myself as a role model and underscore that being willing to trust the process and your uh, co-creative partner showing up even while not having your whole story fully clear and mapped out and articulated, I would not have shown up as this imperfect, not fully articulate person when Carol and I started. I wouldn't have gone public. Mm -hmm. And this process calls us to be where we are, to be honest, and to also trust that the next thing is going to show up in its own perfect timing. That lack of articulation and clarity of language about your concepts, about your unique expression, is itself a process. What I found is taking these risks is a very big piece of living into that trust, stepping into that trust, and knowing that it's all malleable and we're growing. And in a sense, this is the real growing the garden as you live it. I was going to say flying the plane, but that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, we got to find go a there. new one. <laughs> and I think part of it is our times have changed. The stability of our world is different now. There's a lot more in flux, a lot more is in movement. So yes, all the things that have been offered out there in the world are still being offered, but there's this whole new generation, new opportunities, new ways that we need. Clearly, our current ways haven't been working out in the world in a lot of different dimensions. And so it's time. It's time to find new ways to do things. It's in the doing of them. Like my Facebook group was a similar thing where I had all this inside my head. I wanted to get confirmation that, yes, other people were seeing this. So I do small, private sometimes, close community kinds of experiments all the time with all of my new things to get the confirmation, to get the pieces smoothed out, to experiment, to find what feels right to me as well as my clients, my colleagues, and to keep growing and refining and once people get inside my circle, they pretty much know that I do that. And then I feel very safe and comfortable showing up. Okay, 
let me try this one out on you. <laughs> let me have some feedback because there's a lot we have to learn here and we can't hold it. If we hold it inside and try to figure it out, the world's going to pass us by and that thing, whatever that thing is, is going to be obsolete by the time we open our mouths. And so we have to start stepping in, not in a fully formed, I know everything kind of way, but more in a curious, I'm evolving, I'm growing organically kind of way. I'll give an example of something that was a stimulus for me to crystallize the way that I'm seeing my work right now. About May of 2018, when a friend of mine who owns Inspired News Radio reached out to me to let me know that she and her husband were starting this show platform. And they invited me to be a host. And I blinked a few times and I went, what? <laughs> and then I said, okay. And it felt like a huge leap because at that time, I couldn't even tell you who I worked with. I was not clear enough yet about that. And it was frankly driving me mad because I knew them. I knew them very intimately, but our culture didn't have a word for them. So I created the whole change catalyst language in response to this question. So when I got asked this question, do I want to do a radio show? I went, yes, but I'll need to think about it. <laughs> so I was asked in May and we didn't start the show until October because I needed to get a few things in place and to sort out how this was going to change my business. But one thing that it did is as I was literally, as I was asking myself these questions about who would I speak to on a radio show and what would I speak about, every piece of my business over the years came into an aligned, cohesive format. And so for the first time, since I started my business in 1991, all of my pieces are under one umbrella. I am working with people, training them on their profession. I'm helping them with the focus of their work. And I'm also helping change catalysts with their own personal journey through these times of change that are really impacting those of us who are empathic and sensitive and intuitive. Since 1991, I'm not going to do the math, but you get the idea. It's been a long time <laughs> that I have had these multiple threads and often multiple businesses with multiple clientele that I have been managing. And to have everything come in and weave together under one umbrella has been profound. That is why Bobby looks at me and says, wow, it's so organized. A little while ago, it wasn't so organized. <laughs> I want to underscore, nothing is ever lost. Just like in nature, following this yin arising path, the outtakes, the, oh, we have these notes, but we didn't get to that part yet. These are seeds. In nature, everything is compost. Everything is reused. This is very helpful to tend to our own models and our own new way of doing things. I've also incorporated my trailblazer side of things in the phrase growing edge. So the radio show is Change Catalyst at the Growing Edge. And I work with people at the growing edge of their field and at the growing edge of their work and at the growing edge of their personal journey. 
I'm helping people step beyond what's normal, what's stable, what's usual for them personally or professionally or with their work. It feels very good, I have to say. It feels very good. I feel clearer than I have probably in my whole business. I always had the two threads, that the transition work and the clarity work and all the things that I've created on both sides of that. And to have them all come together, ah, what a relief. And when you are evolving or creating trailblazing work, it takes time. I never would have imagined ever that my work would have taken as long as it has to evolve since we moved to Oregon. But, and I had other life things going on. So if those hadn't happened, it would have been a shorter process. But I don't see how I could have sped it up. Each part of it was precious and useful, and I have had clients through the whole time, even though I've been evolving my work. Now, I am really stepping out in a whole new way because I'm finally ready to get above ground again and really take my work out to the people who need it. I would also say that another place where trailblazing is challenges in marketing and selling. Think of this, you're marketing something that no one knows they need because it's a brand new thing in the world. And the language you use is like a foreign language to them. And so you have to find a way to communicate what it is you do in a way that's going to bring them in and invite them, magnetize them to find you. Because you can't use the traditional search engine optimization or things that require people to search for you because they don't know that they need you. They don't even know that your profession exists because nobody's had it before. So it's really an interesting thing. Uh, recently, I added a new service to my work for people who are evolving their work. If I'd been doing a marketing strategy or something, I could have used a few shorthand phrases, you know, I do this kind of marketing and come and get it kind of stuff. But that is not what I do. And the stuff I do, nobody has told anybody they need before. And so I noticed that my write-up of my new mentoring group had to be really long to get across the reason why this would be of benefit and what we would do in this group and why we would do it and how they would benefit. And it became very long, not because I was trying to create a long-form sales page. No, I was just trying to tell them from my heart what it is I do. And it required a lot of words to get them on the same page And I had to tie it in with something they knew about. And that's the build your business model does not work for people who are evolving their work. And I explain why. That's one of the things that I've learned in the last year or so that I've been trying to step into this new level of marketing. I've really had to find new ways. I couldn't use the marketing strategies that I knew about or the sales copy that I knew about because I didn't have any of those anchor points. So it's been really interesting. And Bobby, you had an interesting point about asking for referrals. Yes, it's much the same as the marketing because as you look at how to start a business, how to get clients, all the books say go to your local chamber mixers or your women in business or what have you. If you're offering something that people know what it is, then that can sort of work. You can ask people for referrals. When you are in the process of evolving something absolutely new, perhaps even a brand new field, 
those kind of situations are really designed for relatively short sound bite-ish introductions and what you do. This level of work does not lend itself to those kind of sound bites. Even if you do manage it, there won't be a shared understanding. And that's why I think your mentorship group, these small, intimate spaces, ecosystems where we can learn about each other and support each other is kind of the new take on the evolutionary's guide to social business mixers. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's important for us as trailblazers, evolutionaries, visionaries, change catalysts. If we're feeling called in this direction, I feel at this time, this is the direction we need to take, even though we may not know how to do it or what that entails. But if you're feeling called, reach out to us because this is what we are doing now. And we are supporting other people in stepping into their talents and their wisdom. Because frankly, our world needs all of us working from our wisdom and bringing whatever gifts that we have to share. In my experience, evolving my work is like an unfolding journey. We really wanted to provide some insights about this way of holding your own journey. It is different than what everybody else is doing out there. When we have others who are modeling a new way and showing us that it does work and giving us a language around it, it really helps us relax into the journey that we're on. And not falling into the trap of making ourselves wrong because we're not doing it the way everybody else is doing it. So, Bobby, why don't you start with a description of this journey? As we have been poking around and exploring this together in your beautiful container of the change catalysts at the growing edge, one of the things I realized is that for trailblazers and evolutionaries, if we can start to honor the idea that wisdom is woven into every footstep of this journey that we are on to evolve ourselves and to up-level our work in the world, whether it's our life, our livelihood, our intent for the planet, there is wisdom that emerges. There is a body of wisdom that we have each lived. So it's a lived and embodied way of being that comes forth when we acknowledge that we are on this, what I am calling a wisdom journey. It includes our training and knowledge and experiences And it gets magnified when we turn and look at that, in a sense, deliver our own medicine to ourselves first. Carol has mentioned in other places, being your own client first, especially with these trailblazing and evolutionary bodies of work. So bringing that rich life experience honoring it, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it is relevant, is alive, and is part of your wisdom journey. 
it makes a difference when you're able to walk together in a one-on-one or in a small group where you have a supportive space. I heard you say X, Carol, and Carol had said it, but having someone else to underscore what we heard that sounded different or special can bring it to the other person's attention in a way that is really potent. And there, there are sparks from this listening process. I wanted to underscore something that you just said about underscoring. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you follow Bobby on Facebook, you will note that that is one of her primary ways of commenting on Facebook. And it's a profound practice because by underscoring what somebody else has said, she will copy in the words and write underscoring this point or whatever preview and then that point again. And it just brings the focus for any reader who has maybe scanned what was above or is really interested in what was written. And to see that underscored in that way always gives me a moment of appreciation and a moment of deepening. Oh, that's interesting that that's what she picked out of this. And I've noticed some of our other colleagues starting to do the same thing. And it's a really interesting practice because it's a way of listening. It is a way of attending to someone in a very profoundly deep, reverent, honoring way. And it's great market research for the person who has written that because they now know that, wow, that really had an impression. And often people will like or love what Bobby has underscored, uh, which gives even more weight to the market research side of things and just understanding the languaging. You know, how is this coming across? Ah, Bobby got it. Great. Okay, I can move on. So just an underscoring of your underscoring. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Sure. So we've talked a little bit about the idea of a continuum. The idea of a journey is everybody's in a different place and everybody is right where they're supposed to be. You can't be anywhere else. It's not static, even when to your own eyes, it might look like you aren't going anywhere or your movements are microscopic. When you are in a container with other like-hearted, resonant people, when you are walking the journey together and embodying your unique wisdom, others can affirm that you are moving, you are blossoming, there are shifts and changes. It's not exclusively thinking. The old model is you picture your end result and then you keep picturing it and you go after it like a like a dog after a bone. Create your plan, work the plan. It is rather a fluid journey where you get to a place where you have a current vision. There's a level of clarity with it, and Carol will talk more about the essence of clarity. You walk that vision forward day by day, inch by inch. You allow it to unfold because the idea or the business, the creative project has its own life force. And you are, in a sense, a midwife to that life force, that creative project, 
that spark, that seed, by following the lead of that energy of your project, of your creation, you will be taken places that you could not in your wildest dreams imagine. I think we're both testaments to that. I think so too. We've appeared somewhere that we had no way to imagine that we would appear. And that's the beauty of this journey of organic evolution, you know, rising, it's, it's going with that flow. Thank you, Bobby. That was a great description. An essential part of the journey is understanding where you are with your own clarity. The flow is not about just randomly going in any direction. The flow is around following these threads, following these rivers of energy that are pulling you forward, that are showing you the way, indicating that this is a direction to go or that's a direction to go. And it might not always make quote unquote logical sense at first, but over time, all of those bits begin to connect or weave together or braid together and they form something. That again, you can't imagine today as you start your journey or even maybe halfway into your journey, but I can tell you that it's amazing when you go into something and you go, oh, I've already thought this all through 10 years ago. Let me pull that forward again. And that's literally happened to me multiple times where I had been thinking through parts of my journey many years ago, and now it's all coming together. The way I think about clarity is that there are multiple layers of clarity that we need to be aware of. It's not just clarity about what we do, although that's a big one. Getting clear about the core focus, the idea that you have that has potential to being the core grounding force of your business, that's an important piece. And you really can't do the journey without having some idea with potential. And that is something I help people do. That is one of my services. It's helping people reveal the seeds of their new work. But once you have an idea with potential, then you've got to grow it. I actually use my transition model to help me identify the phases of clarity that we need to uncover in order to be ready to burst into spring, to burst into the world with our new work. I know from experience, I know from watching my clients that it's really easy to get discouraged when you feel unclear about what you're doing or the direction that you're taking in your work. I want to share this most important point of the day is if you feel unclear, that is not an indication of your goodness as a being. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with you because you're unclear. In fact, where you are unclear is a sign that's telling you that there's more to learn there. There's more growing to do. There's more to discover. There is nothing wrong with you. And the key is always, always, always to ground yourself in what you do know so that you can move forward from there. You're never going to get a full-blown download of your entire idea or business. It's just not going to happen that way. It can't because the world is evolving, we're evolving, our work is evolving. It doesn't show up in full form. It shows up layer by layer at the growing edges of your work. Although we may get a spark and see a new opportunity based on our knowledge and experience and our personal way of being in the world, the fullness of our work has to be pollinated, has to interact with other people through conversations with our peers and our colleagues, working with our own clients. All of those pieces need to be brought together. 
it's impossible to do that just sitting in a room with a pen in your hand or a computer on your lap. You have to begin to experiment. And that means taking small bits of what you are thinking about and creating opportunities to talk to people, offer sessions, offer workshops, anything you can do to get an experience of doing it. We're all kinesthetic to some degree, so it's in the doing it that we get new insights. And it's in the doing it that we see the impact that we can have on our colleagues and our clients. And it's through all of those experiences that we A, get confirmation that we're on the right track, B, we get refinements that we can integrate into our work, and C, we build in layers and layers of confidence that tell us that yes, what we're doing really is working. And this is a big distinction from the build your business model, which really has you just pick an idea. Doesn't really even matter so much if you are aligned personally with that idea. Just pick an idea and build a five point system or whatever and get it out there. Start marketing immediately. And most of the people I know who are sensitive, who are developing some kind of new work, put on the brakes at that point because they did not feel comfortable just putting something out in the world that felt so random. They didn't know it was going to work and they didn't want to try to sell something if it wasn't going to have an impact on their clients. This process of doing experience to get confirmation you're on the right track, get the refinements and build in your own sense of confidence really strengthens you, your idea, your business, your offers, and it sets you up to step into the bigger world when you are ready to market it more broadly. To do all of this, there are ways we need to hold this space for this journey. And we're going to talk about the space beyond ourselves. This was actually inspired by something I said earlier in the show, which is I can't even imagine anymore trying to do this evolutionary journey on my own. I don't think I would be in the same place if I had been in a solo chamber all by myself, because so much of what I've created has been sparked through conversations with Bobby or conversations with clients or observing the world. So Bobby, why don't you go ahead? Thank you. I have definitely benefited from Carol's depth of perspective around clarity, around experimenting. And our journey is really an expression of that level of willingness to experiment. Community can be internal. Part of my work in the world is introducing people to their own uh, inner parts and inner family. But that is not going to be sufficient for this particular aspect of the evolutionary journey. We need each other. We need resonant beings on similar paths who are on that same journey in a relatively close by space. If you imagine there's a hike going up a mountain and there's the group of people who are running the path and then there are the people who are going very slowly up the path and other groups of people in between those, this journey is gathering those people who are 
nearby you energetically. It's not something that we can do alone. And this is another one of those fundamental principles that we have been discovering. It's no longer the world of the solo heroic Marlboro Man epic. It's not helpful. It's not where we are now. It's not a yin arising practice. And so even though we're on a journey, there are portable ways on that journey to find ways and people where we can rest, practice the principles that we've been learning, where we can learn, where we can turn for feedback and insights. As Carol said, the confirmation of, yeah, you're on the right path. Other people can see things in a different way than you. And Carol and I are very practiced at this. And this is a very small group. It's a one-on-one. And there are other permutations of that, Carol, that you so beautifully expressed here. So I want to invite you to talk about those. Yeah, so I think that there is value in partnering with one other person or or a triad where you really have that rich opportunity to get to know each other, get to know each other's work, and be supportive of each other. There are also bigger communities, not huge communities, but communities where there are people at different stages. As I was thinking about this, I know that we were basically in a cohort relationship where we were both experiencing some of the same feelings, the same challenges, and we were able to mirror and support each other through sharing insights. And it was a very rich level of support. And I wholeheartedly advocate finding or creating that kind of partnering. I also think in a slightly larger community of tens of people, you know, 10, 20, 30 people, hearing the success stories of others who have gone ahead of you. And that's some of what we're doing in this show is we're modeling to you what has worked for us. That doesn't mean it's going to necessarily work for you, but it's at least a starting point. It's a way for you to go, wow, okay, I don't have to do it that other way. I could lean into doing it through this more natural evolution in a rising way of doing things. And it gives you permission. It gives you hope. It gives you possibilities that you might not be seeing yourself. And then there's also having guides. Bobby and I are both guides for people who are going through this journey. And we hold space. We create these containers of community. We have ways to show the way forward, to show you the map, to show you the steps. Not to say those are the only steps, but at least it gives you some pointers on what to do next. We are also both catalysts of new insights and helping people find a way to reframe the experience that they're having. We've already said a couple of times, but it bears repeating, that the journey of a change catalyst at the growing edge, trailblazers, evolutionaries, and visionaries is not the same journey as a person doing a traditional business using the build your business model. And if you try to compare yourself with that other model, you are going to get very frustrated very fast because that's not your model. It's not that you're doing anything wrong. They may tell you, you may feel that you're doing something wrong, but you're actually not. So externally, we need other people. We need the community. We need a partner. We need a guide. We need 
those people outside of ourselves that can help nurture us and give us the nourishment that we need during our journey to support us, to be a guide, to be a co-companion, all of that. But internally, we also need to thank you, Bobby. This has been a joy, as always. Is there any closing comment that you want to make? So Carol, it's been such a delight in being on this evolutionary and adventurous and experimental journey with you. And everybody listening, each one of us have unique ways and modes of processing, understanding, seeing, experiencing the world. And that is why we need each other to spark and ignite the unique gifts that we each bring. They come online when we are playing together, when we are in a deep relationship with like-hearted others. It's like alchemy. It's important to immerse in our own self-understanding, discovering our own unique ways and approaches and honoring our own ways of understanding and making sense of things. And it is also the co-evolution, the co-growing, the co-creating as we spark and ignite each other's capacities and gifts. And it is such an honor to be doing that and playing in the shared field with you, Carol, and with the change catalysts at The Growing Edge. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you, Bobby. So let's help our listeners understand more about our work and how to find us. So what would you say is your prior work as Change Catalyst at this time? And we know you're in process. I show up everywhere as uh, a writer and creator, as a co-creator of Spaces and representing the embodied flow of yin arising. My intent is to awaken, uplift, inspire, and invite others to reconnect with their own inner wisdom, their wholeness, their own flow. And I want people to have fun in their experiments. So this ground and underpinning of being Uh, for me, comes out in what I call the word altars, mixed media collage and poetry that I make, as well as the sanctuary spaces that I co-hold with small groups. You could call them masterminds. I don't. Um, (laughs) And one-on-one to really offer spaces for practicing, experiencing, embodying wholeness, developing process, listening to your own inner wisdom uh, so that you can bring it into the world in new embodied expressions, whatever that is for you. The world is yearning for the fullness of our gifts. And that is my most profound heart intent is to hold the space for those gifts to come forward. Beautiful. Bobby, what would be the best places for people to learn more about you and your work? I am on Facebook and LinkedIn, and I also have a website called writesynergies.com, W-R-I-T-E, 
S-Y-N-E-R-G-I-E-S dot com. One word. Beautiful. And we will have Bobby's resources on both my site, which is flourishasachangecatalyst.com forward slash radio, and also on the inspirednewsradio.com page with this episode. And so we'll have those resources for you. In this show, I've mentioned a couple of offerings that I provide. There's one to help people gain clarity about the core focus of their work. That's called Reveal the Seeds of Your New Work. There's also a group that I didn't name, but it is a group for people who have an idea with potential and they are in the process of evolving that work. That group is called Deepen Your Roots Mentoring Group. So the best place to find out about my work is my website at flourishasachangecatalyst.com. And you can click on Growing Edge of Your Work would be the area that you would want to look at for this show. We also will have all of our resources on my radio page, which is flourishasachangecatalyst.com forward slash radio. And there we have the links to the two episodes that Bobby and I have just done together. And we have other episodes that are available to listen to and they are all for change catalysts at the growing edge to help you grow personally to evolve your work and also to evolve your profession so the work that i do in transition training and this radio show are both part of that thank you again bobby and i think that's a wrap to explore our resources again, I just want to mention flourish as a change catalyst.com forward slash radio. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for more ways you can flourish as a change catalyst at the growing edge. You've been listening to Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge on InspiredNewsRadio.com with Carol McClelland Fields. Tune in regularly to hear more ways you can flourish as a change catalyst.